0: Good morning and welcome to Tobin Talks. I am your host, Tino Hove, and today we've got Kalichi with us. How are you doing, Kalichi? I'm doing well, Tino. How's it going? I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Um, I'm, I'm sad that summer's almost done. Well, I guess summer is done, hey? I, I'm holding on. I'm holding on to it. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, summer, summer's summer gone, man. We got, we got leaves falling on the streets.
0: <laughs> That's cool. So, Kalichi, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, kind of what you do in, uh, in your film.
1: Yeah, so I guess the, I guess the cold notes or the, 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 rundown is that, uh, my name is Kelechi Asagora. Um, I'm 29 years old, uh, born and raised here in Winnipeg, um, to Nigerian, uh, parents. Um, and really with, uh, my background, I guess, academically, I'm a graduate from Red River College, um, majoring in business administration. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've always had interest in uh really just visual arts in general so film uh television uh, photography just you know anything that kind of depicted a story through visual means Mm -hmm. and um i got into photography and eventually um videography uh, about four years ago when i got my first camera uh it's been something i've been wanting to do like basically my whole adult life and just never really got around to it until a few years ago and so um this film that I'm working on right now is actually kind of a return to a project I did back in 2017, mm-hmm. um, which was just a short video with a few friends that were just sharing, you know, personal stories of, uh, of themselves all from, you know, Winnipeg's Black community. And it seemed to resonate with a lot of people and people really enjoyed seeing stories of their friends or just other people that, you know, they didn't know were in Winnipeg. And I decided to revisit it this year when I had a chance to do it with better production, you know, film quality and i had improved my skills. So I wanted to, to give the, the project a little bit more of a deep dive and uh, a little bit more, um, yeah, just a little bit more attention to. So I feel like the way it came out was something that was really, really interesting. Um, when you see it, in, see it in its entirety.
0: Sure, and I believe the project that you did this time was "I don't see color." Is that is, is that accurate? Is that the one?
1: Yeah. So the title of the film is called uh, "I don't see color." Uh, dot dot dot. I don't see color, and um, that actually kind of came a little bit uh, later when I did the first version. Um, the first version didn't really have any sort of official title when I w- was just, you know, filming my friends and I just sharing stories. Um, and then as I was editing it, I was trying to figure out a way to, you know, make the, the, the film and the, the footage look interesting. And when I changed it all to black and white, it really kind of stood out to me. And I was like, whoa, this is actually a really cool style. So I made the whole, I made all the, the footage black and white uh, in that first one. And after I did that, that's where the title kind of came to me because... You know with our stories and some people sharing their stories with you know experiences of racism and just their identity in general one of the often one of the common um responses that a lot of us have you know heard from you know canadians and and you know from society about race is like oh when i see you i don't see color as mm-hmm. kind of this way to basically make it seem like you know that's not something that that person does they don't really judge based off of race but you know when you watch the the videos and people share their stories it's like you know I took the literal color out of the footage and yet people still are sharing these stories and these experiences and so it's like you can claim not to see race in your your day-to-day that doesn't wash away or that doesn't hide the fact that you know we have all these different experiences with you know racism or just our racial identity, making up parts of who
0: we are that we're proud of. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that's. I think that's an interesting uh, take you say there. Parts of who we are that um, we're proud of. Uh, recently, you know, race and, and color has been portrayed as in a very negative light, right? Um, at least, at least I personally haven't heard a lot of people speaking on 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 you know on race positively. So, so the fact that you took it out there, and you were like, you know what, you know. Aspects of who we are that we're proud of. Does that kind of tie in for you into the whole not seeing color thing? Because you know, if we're gonna say that we don't see color, you know, the assumption is that color is a bad thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then you kind of brought in that yeah. perspective of, you know what, like, well, if you don't see color, there's also parts of me that you know, you know, because of my color, are good things that I'm proud of. Do you want to touch a bit of a bit on that, if anything at all? Unless I can, unless I completely yeah. missed the mark with that with that statement there.
1: No like I, I no I think that's that's something that, uh, that's an interesting takeaway and that's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is like this idea that the way that we solve the problem of race is just by like eliminating that construct entirely and I feel like that misses the more essential component of like what the real issue is And so I've had this conversation with with certain people um, in the past where you know, acknowledging that i'm black has no issue with me whatsoever because it's like yes i am a black person it's Mm -hmm. what comes after that that is where all of these you know issues can 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 arise from right so Mm -hmm. just acknowledging someone's race just by itself is really just like an objective you know statement but it's what ideas are tied to that is why you know it's so important to actually have these conversations and so Mm -hmm. i think part of you know, the, the, the challenges of um, you know, having you know, a film like this or just kind of you know, bringing these, these conversations to light is that um, the topic in general makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and I wanna just try to get away from that because there's things to be learned and things to be shared that are universal. I think when you watch the you know, people's videos and you hear their stories, mm. um, there's stories that are unique to them, but the things that they talk about overcoming a lot of them can be considered, you know, very universal truths of human experience. And I think we lose that if we're saying, you know, in all kinds of different places, whether it's, you know, work environment or whether it's in you know, politics and things like that, if we're saying, oh, you know, don't make this a race thing, don't talk about race or, you know, take that out of the equation. Well, no, that's a pretty big part of the equation because it's like, you know, having, you know, my friends and family be a part of this project and just share You know, and the thing is, it's like not even all of their stories have to center around race, but maybe there's just an aspect of it that, you know, ties back to how they grew up or their culture or just, you know, things about them that they're, they're happy to share. Those are important things too. And so um, I wanted to create the series as a way to, you know, have people take away different things, you know, each person has different interests and different career paths. So you might connect with one person more than another. And, you know, that's, that's life, you know, we all connect with people on, on different levels and so um, i wanted the film to kind of highlight that but also just take away that that's that stigma that idea of like being anxious around the topic of race.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that makes that makes that makes uh, a lot of sense. Do you, was there a reason that you felt that um, so i so you so this film was made for new Blanche, uh, correct? That like you <laughs> presented this there, right?
1: Yeah, so like, the the first time I did it back in 2017, um, it was part of an installation that I was um, fortunate to bring together at Nuit Blanche that year. Um, But then, yeah, when I got all the feedback and people really liking it, I was thinking of just kind of revisiting it as its own sort of independent project. And I happened to get an email from Nuit Blanche this year, Mm -hmm. you know, re-inviting me to kind of, you know, uh, possibly participate Mm-hmm. So I decided, well, I'm already working on this project. Let me just submit this to them as like my new idea. So it kind of just worked out that, you know, as I was trying to figure out um, revisiting this, this film project that Nui Blanche had also reached out to me a second time. And I was mm-hmm. thinking, well, let's see how this goes. And yeah, so I kind of just redesigned the um, film project to be an installation for mm-hmm. the festival
0: can you touch a bit about on how with, with you know you know the whole covid thing that's that's happening right now right mm-hmm. like festival was a bit un, unusual this time around right if at all what did that how did that connect to your to your project to the message you're trying to communicate or, or you know or to the presentation of it if at all
1: yeah so i mean the interesting thing was when i was just when i was starting on this project at the beginning you know before Nui blanche had even reached out to me Um, the idea of social distancing and all of that was like at the top of my mind from the beginning. So I knew that theaters were out of the question, obviously, um, I knew that I couldn't necessarily do a traditional screening. Mm. So in my business background, you know, I, I, work with, um, you know, software companies and we use a lot of, you know, phone technology and things like QR codes, barcode scanning. So I was thinking, I'm like, well, what are some ways people can view them that's like safe and socially distant? And I was thinking, well, everyone has a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could get the, them to watch it on their phone in some way, that that would be, you know, obviously a lot safer. And the idea of also maybe making it uh, something that you have to look for in a different way. Mm-hmm. I wanted to incorporate the QR codes because mm-hmm. QR codes can kind of go anywhere. Yeah. and so I originally had this plan of doing all of the filming, you know, making each video a separate video, like I did, and then creating a QR code for each one and mm. kind of hiding them around downtown mm. and just letting people just walk by them, and find them casually, as kind of a way that if you did want to hear all the stories, you really did kind of have to go out of your way to start looking for them. And I think that's kind of, in a way, um, a metaphor for you know understanding other people and understanding, you know, the black community in this case is Mm -hmm. like, our stories are out there, but you do have to look for them and and find them. It's not just a matter of like it being, you know, this thing where Mm -hmm. someone sends you a link and says, you know, this is how to understand all of racism. Like it's (laughs) not just something that's given to you that easily. Uh Um, There's work involved. And so I kind of wanted to emulate that in the installation. When Mm -hmm. I applied for Nuit Blanche, they require that you have like a set location So I was like, oh, okay, maybe I just put them all in that location. But then obviously things had changed and restrictions were, you know, shifting. So I kind of just went back to that original plan Mm -hmm. of just hiding them everywhere. And that seemed to be something that worked. And people were really interested in like looking around and and trying to find them all.
0: For sure. So I I like what you mentioned about, you know, like racial issues and racial stories being something that you have to go out and look for. Right, like it's, it's no one's just going to come and say, Here, here, here is all the information you need to know about racism and, and black people and marginalized communities. There you go, and, and now you're fine. Right, uh-huh. I was taking a look at you know some of the videos that you shared or that you shot, and I noticed, like you said before, a lot of them um, speak a lot about how you know aspects that you can't change. I know there was one artist who is in a band, a female artist in a band, and she was speaking about how she was very nervous to actually sing on stage because she was a female artist in this community, right? So that was actually commentary on, you know, more of what other sub-communities in the city are doing, not just in regards to race. Was that kind of like an intentional byproduct you were looking to touch on or did that kind of just happen as you started?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And I think with um, that video in particular, so that was actually uh, Kayla Fernandez, mm-hmm. um, who is the lead vocalist for probably one of the best band names I've ever heard of, but not, vagina witchcraft. <laughs> so <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, actually, it was really interesting hearing their, um, their story, because they took a perspective of not just going into the aspect of race but also intersectionality so mm-hmm. they're you know black they're queer they're also gender nonconforming. Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that that tied into whether or not they were feeling like they would be accepted in a space like that for you know heavy metal and and, mm-hmm. and that kind of music genre mm-hmm. so i also wanted to incorporate just people from not just people from the community but people from different walks of life in the community you mm-hmm. know that we all do have different interests, different backgrounds. That we all have intersecting identities um, that you know, overlap in different areas, mm-hmm. um, but we can still find relatable things. You know, when the you know Kayla was talking about being nervous and all of that stuff, like we can all relate to that with yeah. going on stage or having to present something or asking that person out, and you're you know, butterflies in the stomach. Like we've all been there in one way or another. So yeah. again, it just kind of is making that universal truth that universal experience something that people can watch through different people's lives and, and hear from different people's lives so no i think that was sort of the the, the main thing is not just the black identity but how it also intersects with other communities outside of that
0: and what were some takeaways you wanted your audience to come out with actually let's start with who, who was your target audience who, who are you looking who are you looking to have watched this and what did you want them to take away from it and why would you like someone, you know, when they are watching it to keep in mind, I guess? Those are the kind of three questions in a row.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I spoke with, um, um, I think it was uh, Eva from Winnipeg Free Press about like, who did I make this for? Or like, um, what did I wanna to contribute to the conversation of race? And I thought that was interesting because I hadn't even really thought of that. Mm-hmm. Like, my intention when I was first creating this project was like, I wanna just create something really cool for us as a community like with a lot of these uh you know cultural spaces and some of these different you know events that celebrate art um there's been you know especially in the last few years a lot of talk about how there's very like a lot of these spaces are very white centric they're not necessarily inclusive to you know BIPOC stories so for me to be accepted as part of you know a festival like Nuit Blanche I just wanted there to be something that's like this is us like this is our stuff Mm-hmm. And, you know, just have you know, my friends and family and other members of the community just kind of come through and feel like this is a space that's like theirs and I wanted everyone else to feel like this is as much their installation as it is mine like I was really just nervous to make sure that, um, you know, everyone in the community felt as comfortable, you know, celebrating this work as I was I didn't want to really have myself being centered in, in, in the conversations because these aren't my stories right I just set up the camera set up the equipment, hit record. And in some instances, I just kind of left the room and left them with the camera because I want them to be as comfortable as possible to just share and be open. Um, so as much as people have you know, been really excited to see the film and given me props, I also feel like it's not really entirely my project. This is a project of the communities. And mm-hmm. this is something that, you know, as much as I'm proud of you know, the participants and the people you see, I want them to feel just as proud of it as well. So mm-hmm. and, yeah, in terms of like what I wanted to say or what I wanted to contribute, that was really a lot less on my mind. I really didn't have much that I wanted to convey through the film. I wanted the people mm-hmm. that are in those videos to just have their own time to share whatever they wanted, um, because I feel like a lot of times these, you know, especially on social media, things get loud, people get mm-hmm. argue, you know, things get misconstrued or just you know all these kinds of you know back and forth conversations, and you just it's just see a person no distractions, nothing in the background, facing you directly on, in front of the camera and just talking mm. is like, to me, such a refreshing aesthetic with all the noise that's been happening in 2020. Mm. And I wanted that to be something, um, yeah, just something that people can really just you know, take away whatever they, they feel like they connect with from that.
0: Sure. And you mentioned that you know, these spaces are mainly you know, white-centric. Um, before, right? And there, there weren't really spaces for people of color to feel, you know, like, you know, this is this is for us too. Um, do you have any comments on pushback from um, kind of the white community on, you know, the Black community starting to make things that are just Black-centric and now excludes them, right? Where they can't fit in, you know what I mean? And, and, and a lot of uh, comments that I've, you know, that I've heard have been, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, you know, you know, like you creating stuff that excludes us does not make it, does not fix a problem of us not including you, you know, like, have, and has any pushback of that nature come, or do you have any comments on that?
1: I really don't have anything to comment on that. I mean, that's not even really something that I really even pay attention to, like, mm-hmm. the fact that we been excluded from certain spaces and then we decided to create our own thing I don't really see how in any way that's that there's an equivalency there Mm -hmm. like I just don't so I really don't yeah so I just I don't feel a need to justify or have to try to explain away like why we create things for ourselves because Uh you know where anyone can create whatever they want I mean you have Mm -hmm. award-winning directors who make films and hit tv shows with all white casts Mm -hmm. and you know if that's something that I don't want to watch I don't have to watch it and mm-hmm. if someone like a Israe wants to make her show with an entire bi podcast and have that receive you know cr- uh, critical praise then by all means you know mm-hmm. so I don't think there's really a need to to justify that if mm-hmm. it's something that you want to create mm-hmm. and you want to create it with you know the intention of sharing your story and your experiences then you know, by all means do that. So mm. yeah, I think the idea of just us creating, you know, work for ourselves that reflects us isn't really something that's inherently excluding anybody. I think that's really just more telling on the person that's making that commentary that mm. there's something about that that makes them feel uncomfortable. Mm. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the, I don't know where the, the original meme came from, but it's like the, the, the joke of like, well, that sounds like a you problem, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, have, uh, like myself directly, I haven't really heard much criticism from that. I'm sure it's been there, mm-hmm. but um, no, I think just, you know, we've decided, I mean, we, as in like more and more people in the black community have just decided to just create stuff for, for ourselves. And I think if that's what people want to, yeah. you
0: know,
1: be, well, be critical about well, that, I mean,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I actually I actually have, have, have almost uh, an on tangent question on kind of on that. So, in terms of like this issue of creating spaces, which is what you know, like, you know, you've been doing like for the past little while that I've known you right creating spaces where black people are represented and you know, you know, they can have something that's, that's their own as well right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's been, that's been one direction, you know, you know, like you've done it I think T- Tyler Perry's done something similar as well with some of his films as well. Um, but they still, you know, just from what you just mentioned, on you know, if you want to create something that's just for you, you should go ahead and create it, right? Do you did you have any commentary on you know the world's or social media on the internet and in the internet's responses to, uh, you know, purely purely white films and purely you know you, you know white productions, right? You know you know the whole when someone watches a movie and then they're like, oh, you know, there was no black person in that movie, right? And then eventually you start seeing Hollywood putting in you know, black people, people of color for the sake of putting them there, right? It's like, it almost looks forced. Did, did you have any any comments on that at all? Just as a creator? If, if my question makes sense at all. No, you're def- your, your question definitely makes sense. I guess I'm just kind of thinking where,
1: I feel like where that criticism comes, I feel like there's more layers to that than just mm. sort of like a film being made with an all white cast and being like, hey, there's no black people in it. Because mm. I think the way that, particularly like with, Hollywood, if we're talking about like, you know, the, um, major, you know, Western film industry, yeah. it's more so the fact that like a lot of filmmaking has centered around not just white people, but like the idea of whiteness mm-hmm. and that those on the outside are seen as obscure and not sellable and not relatable as much mm-hmm. as having an all white cast. I think that is where more so the, the issue pertains to is like the, idea around you know whiteness being the norm mm. of all the civilization and all of you know society is just something that has excluded mm-hmm. the stories and the the representation of so many other um you know minority communities and so mm-hmm. i think it's more so that aspect than just the fact that a show has all white people in it because if there were you know proportionally just as many shows with all white people as there were all Asian people, as there were just all black people, as there were all indigenous like if it was proportionally equal in that sense, there would be a lot less of an issue. But it's the fact that if you did try to get that all black show or a person who auditions for that, you know, white show or whatever that's that's black, the fact that those took longer or were more difficult to get greenlit and to get, you know, pushed in the same way. I think that's the area of concern that, for a lot of creators, um, a lot of BIPOC creators, that they're critical of is like, mm-hmm. yeah, like an all-white show is one thing, but then to have the, you know, black show, quote unquote, be more difficult to have, um, you mm-hmm. know, that same level of support and, and 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 production and all that. I think that's where you have creators like a Tyler Perry and Ace mm-hmm. Ray. Uh, um, Donald Glover who, you know, really sort of took it upon themselves to create their own type of work mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of just build something grassroots, whether it's like an internet show or whether it's, you know, putting your own money behind, you know, building a production company. Like it's been, it's, 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 that's more so I think what uh, the, the criticism comes from is like for us to get that same sort of, um, I guess, attention and, and, and support, we kind of have to do it ourselves Rather mm-hmm. than the industry just naturally sort of supporting those creative visions, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think if I answered your question, it's just yeah. really not so much the criticism of a show or a movie being all white. It's the fact that you know BIPOC stories and BIPOC casts aren't um, able to you know get the same momentum traditionally. There is there has obviously been more of a, a shift as mm-hmm. of late, um, but it's you know just a matter of things being know fair and across the board and 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 hopefully with time that's gonna start to to shift i think things like the internet have have made that more possible where you can just Mm -hmm. upload a show on youtube that you want to start and not have to get it you know through um, studios and and producers and stuff like that you can just get your friends together and just grab a camera
0: yeah Makes sense. Yeah, I guess uh, we we've just got a couple of minutes left here, um, and I guess I want to kind of end this off, just circling back to your production and kind of uh, what what you made there. Um, did you have any any takeaways from making this? Did you have any big learnings that you that you went through when you were making this from, and you were like, oh, you know what, I didn't I didn't see things that way before, that you'd like to share with people?
1: I guess my big takeaway was, you know, again, I had filmed this with friends and family of mine and, and some uh, people I had known, some of the people in these, in these films I had known for years. And to turn on the camera and to have them share stories that I had, ne- I myself had never heard, mm. um, was really eye-opening and enlightening um, to have them be you know, vulnerable and share certain things that they, that they were feeling or things that they had been you know, processing over the last you know, number of years or their whole lives and, and still kind of journeying through um it really made me sort of reflect and think about things in my life and I think with the film project it gave me the uh, a sense of courage but also a sense of like being true to myself and being open about certain things that I've struggled with so Mm -hmm. in the film series I also did a contribution and I think what I shared in that video was something that had I not done this project, i never would have been open about beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was something that was really, like just really kind of almost revolutionary for just my own personal life is like, through the making of this project, I came to um, a place of openness and honesty that I almost never would have ever ventured into. Um, and I feel like when, you know, sharing this film and having my friends see it and and learn that about that part of me just made me that much closer to the people I care about. And so there's almost a healing process through creating this film that um, I didn't expect to go through,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, but I did. And I was really grateful for all the people that contributed because that's what kind of helped me in that process. So I'm hoping that with others that see this film and see the different people like you have that's you know, even if it's like a single word or phrase, but just something that you take away from what they're sharing that you can apply into your own life and just make you rethink about things or even just rethink about how you've been kind of having relationships with yourself. You know, how do you talk to yourself? How do you, you know, approach certain situations? Um, and I think with this film, if there's something that you connect with, maybe that'll help you going forward to, to, to make that uh, change in your life.
0: Sure. Well, that's, that's about all the time we, we've got for the show here, but thank you so much for uh, for coming on and, and talking about this. Where can people watch the film? Uh,
1: so the film, it, I have the, the QR codes out in the Exchange District. I've gotten some messages from people that, unfortunately, some of the posters got blown away. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I've also started uploading all of the individual videos on Instagram. So if you go on Instagram and go to the account um, at E-Z-E dot studio, mm-hmm. um, that's A-Z-E studio. Mm-hmm. And all of the episodes will be on the, the Instagram page there. Um, so they'll all be available to, to, to watch. The descriptions will have transcripts for you know, anyone that's maybe hearing impaired, you can just kind of read along there. Um, and yeah, so that'll be the the main way to, to view the stories. If you go on Instagram, go to, you know, A-Z-E studio and you'll see all the, the episodes online there.
0: Awesome, cool. Thank you well. Thank you so much. And uh, that's it for this episode of Tobin Talks.